Hey, well, thanks for coming out uh, tonight. Uh, it's lead night, Wednesday night. You know, uh, you know, on Wednesday night, we take the opportunity really to, t- to talk about things of leadership and, um, you know, how to lead in, in your home, how to lead, uh, you know, how to lead in your workplace, how, how, how to lead wherever you're at. So, so we really try to focus on, you know, things around leadership. And, you know, in this week and even just uh, listening to sermons and, and, and spending time in prayer, you know, the Lord has really, you know, really been beginning to deal with me in the area, uh, you know, of what it means to be a good leader. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I find throughout the Word of God and find throughout the Bible, that, that, that there's, there's one thing that connects strong leadership uh, to people, and that is service. That, that very word there alone is service. So I'm going to talk tonight a little bit about what it means to serve. What it means to, not, not just serving, you know, in the house of God. Not, not just, uh, you know, not just serving in your homes, but serve, serving in a variety of places. Come on in. How's it going, man? Good, good, buddy. So, you know, it's, it's like you have the opportunity to be able to serve in a variety of different places and a variety of different locations. So praise God. You know what? Before I get into the story, you know, I, I want to share something with you because I read this today and I, I begin to think about this. And it was uh, it was back in 1994. For some of you guys, you may have not even been born, but it was back in 1994. I, I had uh, I had been I wanted to learn how to play golf, I, you know, and I had been playing golf. I had, you know, actually had started playing golf two and three times a week. I wanted to get better. You ever do something you just want to get better at? Well, golf was one of those games I, I, I wanted to get better at, but I wasn't very good at it. The, the guy that actually owned the golf course, his name was Mike. He was a wonderful golfer. He played on the left side of the ball. I, I, I'm a left-hander, so I get made fun of when I'm actually on the left, left side of the ball because, you know, right-handers make fun of left-handers on a golf course anyway. But he, he played left-handed, so he was actually giving me some tips in, in the way of, uh, of learning how to hit the ball. And I was actually getting better. I was actually getting off the tee. I was hitting the ball down the fairway, and I wasn't all over the place chasing my ball. What, it's like, you know, I had a friend make fun of me one time playing golf. He said, you play army golf. You hit one to the right, you hit one to the left. You know, it's right, left, right, left. But, but anyway, that was, kind of, that was a joke if anybody didn't catch it. So. But, but I quit playing army golf. I started hitting down the middle of the fairway. And then I started getting better. And I knew that there was this one morning I got up and I just was believing. I was believing that I was going to go to the golf course and I was going to shoot the best game ever. I got up that morning. I got my clubs. I got every, you know, you clean your shoes. You do everything you can do to, you know, to be ready to play golf. But I was playing by myself. And, you know, the thing about it is when you, when you play with friends sometimes, you might kick your ball. You know, you might, you might kick your ball. Well, I hit one out of bounds. I'm not going to count that one. You know, that's a mulligan. You know, you get 12 mulligans per hole. Anyway, I, I wasn't doing that. I was going to play every shot. Whatever it was, I was going to believe. I was going to have the best game possible. And so I actually got to hole number one, and I parred. I got to hole number two, and I birdied. And then I parred. And then I got to number four, and it was a little bit of a stretch of a hole, but I actually parted. It was a tough hole. I mean, I know this course very well. I, I, I played it growing up playing it. Number five, I parred. And then number six, I actually took like a bogey. And then it was like I got to number seven. And I was like, man, this is the hole that gives me the most fits. And, but I've parted before. I'm telling myself, I've got the best game possible going. I get up and I shank one over into the eighth, eighth, eighth fairway. I'm like, man, I can recover. I can recover. Well, I'll, I'll come through the story pretty quick. But, you know, I actually took a triple bogey. 
I, no, no, you know, I'm not, no, no game. I'm not playing. I took a triple bogey. So at this point, like right now, I'm, 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 I think even par. I had to be, I had to been even par. Just remember at that point that it brought me back to being, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, not even par. I was three over. I was, uh, I was three over. And I got to, I got to hole number eight and I parred. I was like, man, I got one more hole. I'm like, I'm so excited. Right now, I, I could shoot a 39. It would be the best round of golf that I ever, ever could imagine shooting. And I get, to hole, I get to the ninth hole, and I hit a shot that wasn't a great shot. And then I hit a good chip shot. See how excited I am? I mean, I, you know, I hit this next chip shot, and I get on the green, and I make par. And I walked off the golf course, and it was like I, I had scored a 39. And it was like it was the best golf game that I'd ever played. You know, I, I, I tell you this for a reason, because... In the game of golf, you know, the one thing about it is if you hit a bad shot, you have the opportunity to stand up again and hit a good shot. You know, you, you know that, that's the thing about golf. I, I, I realize it's why I like this game. It's why it frustrates me because I know that at the end of the week when I went out and played golf, I shot in the 50s. I, I, I shot a 39 on Tuesday, but by Friday I had shot in the 50s. Why in the world would I go from a 39 to 50? You know, and, and, and I realized even from that point in my life, it's like, you know, you got to be willing to step up and hit that next shot. And I just want to tell you that tonight. You've got to be willing to step into things, to, 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 to come up and hit, hit the next shot. Because you know what, I, I, you know, you, you'll hit a bad shot. You'll have something bad come your way. You'll, you'll have something come your way. But I'm telling you, you just, you got to get up and you got to take that next shot. And that's the wonderful thing about golf. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Honor Palmer. He was, uh, he, he, he's one of the greatest golfers of all time next to Tiger Woods. And actually, he, he actually, uh, he built this golf course in L.A. And uh, it was actually during the L.A. Open, he was actually right next to the leaders in this tournament. And he gets up on this hole, and he shanks one, and then he shanks another, and he shanks another, and he actually takes a 12. Now, he's a professional golfer. He took a 12 on that hole. That year, he got named golf's MVP of the year. There's actually a sign at the golf course that said, Honor Palmer took a 12 on this golf course. And he was one of the world's best golfers. And it's, it's very fascinating and interesting that that's the thing about, that's the very, the, the very nature of God, that, you know, God wants us at, at every level to, to, you know, to step right back up, to, to be willing to do more, not quit, amen, not quit. So I, I told you that story to even get into leadership tonight, because when I read the story about Honor Palmer today, I was just like, you know, there, there's a plaque actually on that hole, on the 12th hole in the, um, and it, re it re actually reads this, on January 6, 1961, the first day of the L.A. Open, Honor, Honor Palmer took a 12 on this hole. There's a plaque actually on the golf course. So listen, to lead in your homes, to lead in your communities, you know what, guys, listen, you've got to be willing to step up. And I believe that's one of the things that God is doing right now. He's looking for people that are willing to step up and be different. Not be, like, not, not be like everybody else. Not, not, just, not just look like everybody else. And I believe that's one of the things that, that the Lord is doing actually in this time. So, and in this hour with families and with people. So if you have your Bibles tonight, let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we'll go to actually verse 35. 
Just let me know when you guys are there. Just say amen. I'm with you. You got it. You got it. Everybody's got it. Okay. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read this. And I'm actually going to read. I believe this is out of the New King James Version tonight. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Sounds a little bit of, an, a little bit of arrogance. But, and he said to them, he said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit on your right hand and, on the, uh, and the other one on the left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, Yes, we are, we are able to do that. Jesus said to them, Then you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with, and with the baptism I am baptized with you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard this, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them, and whoever, <clears throat> I'm sorry, yeah, lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life for a ransom. For, he gave his life as a ransom for many. Father, tonight, I thank you, Father. As we get into your word, I pray, Father, that, Lord, we're able to take just even uh, pieces of this to see the very nature in the life of Christ. And, Lord, let it be an example of how we can be servants and how we can serve just like Jesus Christ served in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James and John, two, two interesting uh, you, you know, disciples of Jesus. They actually got nicknamed, the, they actually got nicknames. They were the sons of thunder. And uh, to even know a little bit about John's and J uh, James and John, you know, they, they, were, uh, they, were, they weren't afraid to back down. I, do I have anybody in here like that? You're just not afraid to back down? If somebody, if somebody raises up, you're going you're gonna to be, you know, I, I can stand there. With, you know, I'm tough too. Well, these, these were men that were like this. These, these were kind of, these were, these were just tough guys. And Jesus had given them the, na the names of the, they were, their names were sons of thunder. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, because just even on this occasion, they were asking this question, you know, Jesus, I, I want to sit beside you in heaven. I want to rule, I, you know, and, and I, I want to I rule like you rule. I want to be next to you, Jesus. And one of the things that begins to happen is that the other ten disciples are like, who do they think they are? Who do these guys think they are sitting next to Jesus? You know, you know, asking Jesus, they, they, they want to sit with Jesus in heaven. So they get a little displeased with them. You know, even, even to think about, you know, James and John. Actually, there was actually a scripture in Luke on one occasion that these two men, these two men actually got mad. They were in the village of Samaria. And, you know, their response to Jesus was, let's just bring thunder down on these people. You know, because because they, they were they were they were very much about the kingdom of God and very much about Jesus, but they were very strong. They were very they were very tough men. But 
I would say that there was a little bit of an arrogance in, in, you know, in, in, in their demeanor. Let's just call thunder down on everybody and wipe them out. You know, they're not listening to you, Jesus. Let's just bring thunder, thunder down from heaven and take all these people out. But, you know, one of the things even right here very quickly is you can learn because Jesus moves this whole thing into to what I feel like is probably some of the most... It's Jesus, when he begins to teach... You, you begin to see what the words of Jesus, the, the, very, the very essence of what he's saying here. And, you know, what he's talking about, if you want to be a good leader, if you want to lead in your home, if you want to lead in your business, if you want to lead in the community, you're going to have to do something, and that's, that's service. You're going to have to serve. And that's, you know, and I'm, I'm going to walk you guys through a little bit of this tonight because, you know, I, I think it's very important because I caught very two points, you know, out of... Out of this tonight, you know, Jesus, you know, he seizes the moment, you know, right here to reveal something. It might seem radical to some, but his disciples were there. They were, they were ready to hear what Jesus was going to say. And actually, let's just actually go back and look at verse 43 real quick. I want to show you this. You know, and, and actually right above that, it says Jesus, you know, actually, he explained, he explained that Gentile leaders lord over the people. They flaunt their authority. So Jesus was saying, actually, in the, con in the context of this scripture, that this is, how, th this is not the way that you're going to lead. You're not going to lead with an authority over people and just boss them around. And that, uh, uh, you know, do we see a little bit of that today? In our culture, in our society, that people, people just want to lord over people, tell people what to do, tell people where to go. People, you know, people just jump, jump. They're just, they just go after and they follow people. They don't think for the, well, that guy's doing it. I'm going to do that. They're not stopping and taking time to think for themselves. Well, you know, it, it, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Now, you know, honestly, people, you know, the, the nature of flesh doesn't like to be led, doesn't like to be told what to do. Is that a fair assessment? We, we, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. You know, I remember one time I'd met a guy in, in Hawaii, and he had a tattoo. You know, it, was, it had something to do with no one judges me. Uh, okay, you know, in, in the end all of it, yeah, God is the final judge. But, you know, there, you know, there are forms of judgment on the world that people, that people fall under. People, people can bring types of judgment on them, you know. And so, anyway, I'm not covering that tonight. But Jesus actually says this. He says, you're going you're gonna to take a different path. You're not going to lead like the Gentiles. You're not going to be ruling over people and screaming at people. You're going to do it differently. And that's what Jesus is saying to him. And actually in verse 43 it says, and I want you guys to look at this because this is really cool. It says, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be, shall be your servant. So even right here, I want you to understand something. You can be great in the kingdom of God. You can be great in your home. You can be great in your business. You can be at a place where, where, where you're great. Isn't that cool? Isn't, isn't that, that's what Jesus is saying about you. you. Because when we get saved, you know, one of the things that we do is we become a disciple of Christ. But Jesus is saying to the church, he's saying to his, his disciples right here, he says, look, you can be great. But this is the key. There are keys that I feel like God gives us that we have to unlock. We have to unlock to, to, see, to see how to become great. You know, even today, I was, as I was taking notes, I was thinking about, uh, about leading and what it meant to be a leader. And I began to think about, how did I become a leader? How did, how did you know, when I, when I played football, you know, my, my freshman year, I went out for football. I, was, I, I, I wasn't good. I, I didn't impress the coach at all. I couldn't run. I, 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 you know, 
but I could hit. So that, that was what I liked doing. I, I loved to hit people. I could tackle people, but I couldn't run. I was not fast. You know, I was 5'7", 110 pounds. I wasn't real impressive. But put me out there, I'd find the football. I don't know how. It was just like one of those things. I was like a magnet to the ball. I knew how to find whoever had the ball. Whether I was ducking and weaving through people, I just knew how to do that. But I, honestly, I was horrible. And I began to think about this. And by the time I was a junior in high school, I was actually defensive captain. I was, I was leading the defense. And then my senior year, I was captain of the football team. And I thought about that today and was like, I was horrible when I was a freshman. You know, what, 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 what were the things that I did to be able to come from here to there, you know, in a matter of two or three years? And, you know, one of the things I thought about was I observed. I observed by watching. And I begin to take note of people. I begin to look at people. I begin to look at other leaders. I begin to look at the seniors. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're a freshman, right? You, who do you look you're, you're playing football. Do you look at the seniors and you're like, do you model them? Like, how much he lifting, huh? How, he's, he's throwing 350 up. I can get there, right? So, so you, you're doing a little bit of a comparison, right? And see, but see, that's the thing. That's one of the things about being great in the kingdom of God is God will bring before you people. He will show you people that you can come under, that you can, you can begin to see yourself with, build a relationship with, and become a leader. You know, I always, you know, Pastor Moran and I say this a lot of times. We always have people that are above us so they can push us. It's good to have people that are above you that can push you. You know, because, you know, we all, we all need that. You understand? We all need to be accountable to someone. But it's good to have somebody that can push you in the way of leadership. I'm already kind of out of some of my notes. I'm in some of them. But, you know, but this is important to note about leadership. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. What you see and what you hear, listen to me, what you see and what you hear is important. And you have to learn from that. You, you, know, you know, it's like faith. You know, the, the element of faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. How do, we, how do we grow in God? We begin to hear the things of God. We begin to, you know, something, something, somebody preaches a message. Somebody shares something. It gets down in my spirit. And I, and I begin to hear the word of God. But, you know, the next thing, too, is that we visualize it. We, we visualize how people walk. How, how they talk. We begin, to, we begin to see that. And, you know, and one of the things about this, to be great in the kingdom of God, to, to, to understand the very nature of God, God is calling us to a place of service. He's calling us to a place of service. You know, I just want you guys to know tonight, you can be great. You know, because, see, you don't hear that. It's, it's not something that we hear. In a, we hear, well, you know, it's going to be tough. Isn't that what we're hearing now? COVID's it's going to be tough. Everything's just tough. I'm here. I've got good news. You can be great. You, you know, you can be great in, with God. You can have a great business. You can, you, 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 you're going to be great. Because I'm telling you, I, you, know, I, I'm a, you know, it's a little frustrating at times when all I ever hear people want to talk about is bad news. You know, turn, you know, turn your situation around. I'm telling you, it's like what a death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why we speak life. So that's why, that's why we speak life. And listen to me. When you begin to speak life, things shift. And I've got to come back into this. I've got to come back into this. You know, Jesus was, Jesus was a great leader. 
the best leader. So we have before us an example that we can model. And what I want you to understand is that God will bring people before you that you can model. That, that you can say, hey, I, 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 want, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to be able to, to respond that way. And I'm thankful that God has placed people in our lives over the years where, where we actually could see people, you know, making disciples. L truly making disciples. You know, sharing, sharing, you know... <laughs> You know, when the Bible talks about sharing of, sharing of all things, you know, there are people that actually do that. People that go above and beyond, beyond imagination to, to be that of Christ. Amen? To be that of Christ. So listen, what you model is what you will become. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... If you model good behavior... Good things will happen. If you model bad behavior, guess what will happen? Bad things will happen. I, I, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's really not rocket science. We see that happening in the world today. You know, we, you know, we, we, see, you know we, see, we see crazy stuff happening. People modeling bad behavior. You know, it, it, it's, not, it's not cool. But you will, you know, you, what, what you model is what you will become. I just want to, you know, you know, I think about Elijah, Elijah when, he, when he brought Elisha with him. He was a mentor. And, you know, one of the things about Elisha was he did, he did, <laughs> if Elijah needed something, he got it for him. You know, and, and to think about that, to, to think of what, it, to, to what it's like to model someone's life, to, to look at someone's life and say, I, I, I want to model that. You know, Dr. Morocco, you know, the people that know him in here. The humility of that man is the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. I mean, I, to carry uh, the, the weight of almost 500 churches, that's our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, some of you guys may not know, but to carry the weight that he carries as, as a senior pastor in the humility he has, I model that behavior. I look at that and I say, man, that, that, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. So understand, it's always good to have your sights on what you want to be and where you want to go and who you want to become. And one of the things about leadership, Jesus is saying even right here, you've, you've got to serve. You've got to be in a place. You want to be great? You've got to be in a place of where you're choosing to serve. You know, I had a guy that worked for me. And he was a, he was a good guy. Loved the guy. And, you know, and I seen him and I'd hired him. And I'd seen great potential in the way of leadership. And I had this event. And uh, it was a huge event. It was a, a huge event. We had, had brought like five, 600 people in. We had a guest speaker. It was a, a nationally known guest speaker. And, you know, from the start to finish, I did it all. You know, I went and picked her up from the airport. Drove her, you know, we, we drove her, had to have security. I mean, it was just a whole nine yards. Catered the meal, did all this stuff. And I'd hired this guy. And, you know, I was like, man, he's going to be a big help. He's going he's gonna to help. He's going to be a big help. And, and I got to the event, and, uh, and I actually had to give a speech that night in this, at this event. Welcome, do a speech in the whole nine yards, and she was a keynote speaker. And, uh, and, you know, I was like, where's this guy at? You know, he's supposed to be helping with this and that. And, the you, know, every, all, you know, and every time I looked around, he wasn't around. Or he was off talking to someone else. And I was like, man. I, you know, I, I, need, I need help. I need you know, somebody to come and help me with, you know, this, this, or this. But every time I looked, he, was, he had disappeared. He was gone. 
And at the end of the event, because we'd had security and they had escorted her, because we'd actually had an issue right at the end of the event, and uh, some wacko walked up and hands the, actually it was Miss America was who it was, walks up and hands her a, a stick picture. I mean, just weird stuff. People do weird things, you know. But anyway, <laughs> just weird stuff. And uh, so we had to get her out of that. You know, it was actually a real strange situation, but we had to get her out of that situation. And, um, and it, you know, at the end of this event, you know, we're, 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 I'm, you know I'm looking, looking for my team. And for the most part, most of my team's at it. They're working. We've got to tear down chairs. We've got over 1,000 chairs set up. And I'm looking around for this guy. Where's this, where's this guy? You know, and he's off in the corner talking. And, you know, something inside of me gets, you ever, you ever get a little fired up when you feel like you're the one carrying everything and somebody's not pulling their weight? That's how I felt. I felt, I felt something in that. But, you know, one of the things that it showed me very quick, that true leadership, the, the very nature of God, the, 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 the very essence of God, the true leadership comes from an act of service. That you've got to place yourself in a position where you're, where you're willing to serve. Where you're willing to serve. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you know, I'm talking, you know, you may think that I'm talking about serving in church. I am. But I'm also talking about serving in your homes. You've got to be willing to serve in your homes. You've got to be willing to, hey, to pray for your kids. You've got to be willing to go that extra mile, at, you, know, at, at, you know, in your home. You know, because, listen, if you don't serve your family, guess who's going to serve your family? The world. A amen? You guys with me? Because that's as real as it gets. If you don't serve your family, the world's going to have a slice of pie. The world's going to have a slice of pizza. It's going to be Facebook. It's going to be pornography. It's going to be, it's going to be some hookup. It's going to, you know, that's the reality. So when I talk about serving, man, this stuff gets real for me because I know how important it is. I don't want to see people get taken out. I mean, it's, it's real, right? Can I be real? That's real. So we, we have to begin to understand how important it is to serve in our homes. Jesus said this. He said, you want to be great? Serve others. Serve others. Be willing to serve others. Be willing to serve others. You know, and, and I want to say this too, even about service, because it's important that, you know, I, I believe one of the key characteristics of being a great leader is making yourself available. Because one of the things, even around that, with that guy, I, I like him. He's a good guy. I personally don't, I don't have anything against him. But it showed me something right then and there. He's not available. When I've got a big event, he's not somebody that I can call and depend upon. He's not somebody that's got my back. You guys, don't, don't you want somebody, I want somebody to cover my back, right? I mean, that's real. We want people. I mean, we want people to cover our back. I mean, you know, I, I know who to call if I've got a physical problem. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, and I'm not one that looks for fights. But I, but I know who to call. I know, I, know, I know who I can call if this is going on or that's going on. I, you know, I know who to call if I need to, if, if I've got to be here tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock praying for one of you. I know, I know who to call. I, you, you, you get that? So it's good. It's good. You have to find people that are willing to be available to, you know, you know availability has everything to do with leadership. Because if I got to call a 4 o'clock prayer meeting, I, you know, 
I can send it out. Not everybody's going to show up. Somebody's going to sleep through that, that, that notice. Somebody's going to sleep through that. But, but, um, but there are people that will respond. You guys got people like that? You can call. You can call a brother. You can call a sister. You can, hey, I, I need something. Let's, let's get this thing done. If you don't, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, hey, you got me. I'm making myself available. Hear, hear what I'm saying tonight. I'm making myself available. You know, there, there are other people in here that, I, you know what? I know them very well. I'll make them available for you. Because, because I know their hearts. Because they're available to me, I know they're available to you. See, you know why? Watch this. Thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because they serve. They, they understand that aspect of serving. They serve God. As a result of serving God, it makes the other part easy. Serving, when you serve God, it, serving people was easy. You, you, you follow that? I mean, because that's, that's good stuff. When, when you follow God, it makes, you know, because, you know, think about it. If people were serving God, would all this stuff be going on in the world right now? Boom. It, 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 you know, it, you know, and listen, I'm not, I, I, the thing about it is, I'm not against people riding. I, I'm, I'm not even against that. It's, it's people's constitutional rights. But I am against burning buildings down, tearing stuff up. I, I'm, I'm against, that's not godly, amen? You understand, that's not God. God's not in that. You know, and even now as this goes out publicly, you know, even, you know, I get people, who do you think you are talking this way? No, it's not God. This is not God. God's not in this. So if you're watching tonight, please don't be mad. God's not in the riots. That's not, that's not where God is. God's not there. But it's important. It's important that you understand to become a leader, to be strong, to be a strong leader in your home, you know, in your workplace, wherever you're at. You've got to be available. You've got to make yourself available. And, you know, this is what I love about this story. It's such a rich story. These guys were available. They were available. You know, they were, they were hanging with the man. They were hanging with Jesus. They were hanging with Jesus. So much that two of them were being pretty cocky, wouldn't you say? Hey, we want to sit in your glory, Lord. What, what, how do we do this? You know, and Jesus tells them, you know, can you drink of my cup? You know, can, can you carry the burden that I carried? I mean, Jesus knew the answer, right? He, he knew. He, knew. <laughs> he actually knew. He knew, you know, the thing about it is about James and John, he knew how things were going to end for them. James was the first martyr. He was the first one killed for the cause of Christ. John went on to write 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John and wrote the book of John. And you know what John talked more about than anything else? Love. Love. How important love was. Loving your neighbor as you, as you, as you love yourself. That's what John went on to write about. Here's this boastful guy. Here's this, here's this tough guy. What's he, what's, he, what's he preaching about? What's he talking about? What's he, what, what's he writing about all the time? Love. Some of the greatest, some, you know, John 15 is like, I read that, man, I, it melts my heart. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a very sensitive guy. I, I can be sensitive. I have to work at it. But, but, you know, that when I read John 15, it melts my heart. And I feel like, man, that's Jesus. Man, that's so much Jesus there. It's rich. It, it, it's rich in love. Praise God. So listen, you want to be great. You want to be great in the kingdom of God. You've got to serve. You've got to serve. I want to take you to another level. You ready for another level? 
Because, because watch this. And actually, just drop down. If you're with me in this text, it's so, it, it, I really want you to see this. And actually, Mark 10, 35, and it says, Whoever, whoever you desires to be first shall be slave of all. And what, this is what Jesus said. For, hmm, hallelujah, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The, the amplified version, and I just had to look at this in another context. It says, and whoever wishes to be first and most important among you must be a slave of all. So there's another level. Jesus has given them two, two things right here. He's saying, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Serve. Serve other people. Learn. Learn from serving. But Jesus goes on to say, you want to be first? You want to be first? Yeah, I mean, do, do, you really, do you really want to be first? And I think he's making this point to, to, to James and John because I think he knows their story. I think he knows they're in. He's God. He's God in flesh. Jesus is God in flesh. He knows their story. He knows they're in. Do you want to be first? You got to be slave to all. We hear that word slave. We think, be no slave. But see, this is what Jesus is saying. We can go to another level with Jesus. We, we, I mean, it, it, even think about this. We can go to another level of leading. We can go to a deeper level of serving. You guys with me? I just want to be a great leader, right? I just, I just want to be a great leader. I just, want to be, I just want to be great in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus throws this thing in here and says, You want to be first? You got to become a slave. A slave to what? A slave to the calling. A slave to Christ. You know, listen, you know, when Paul would write many of his letters, he would start off his letter and he'd say, I'm a bond servant. I'm, I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He recognized himself. Not, not to a person, not to a man. Understand something, there's, there's a difference. He recognized himself as a bond servant or a slave to Christ. To Christ. And I want you to hear this tonight because I believe, I believe that in, in the uniqueness and the calling of things that are happening right now in the world, I believe God is touching people and calling people truly. In, in my heart, I believe this. Calling people truly to yield to give of themselves unlike they've, unlike they've never done before. I, I, I truly believe that. Here I am, Lord. Use me. I, I'll give you everything I have. Now, Lord, I'm, not, I'm really not holding anything back. I'm going to give you everything I have. You know, even Peter. You know, think about this. Peter, the Bible says that Peter denied Christ. You know, Jesus hung on a cross, and he hung on that cross for all of us. But here was a little girl that come over and said, here was one of Jesus' disciples. And Jesus had already told Peter what, what the foreshadow that was going to be. Because Jesus told him, by the, by the rooster crows three times, you'll, you'll deny me. And Peter, as prideful and boastful, said, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I'm, no way, I'm not going to do that. And what happened? After that rooster crowed the third time, Jesus, Jesus denied Christ. Man, he was with Jesus. Think about it. He walked with Jesus. And, he, and he, there, there, there he was in that instance. Feeling like in his heart that he had rejected Jesus. Because he denied being a disciple of Jesus. Wow. 
He spent time with him. He loved him. He cared for him. He cut off the ear. <laughs> I mean, you know, he wasn't, he, he was Jesus' protector. You know, and I, I sit here and think about it, and I thought about it today, and I meditate on thinking, you know, what does it mean to go to another place, to go to another level with, with Jesus? You know what, the thing about Peter, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't say, you know, I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. I'm backing away. You know what? He pressed. He pressed. And, you know, and, and what I love about Peter's story, you know, here was a little girl. There's, there he is, you know, and he ran away. But then you, then you later to go on to see after Jesus appears, Jesus comes and tells him, you know, to tarry in Jerusalem, you're going to wait on something, the Holy Spirit. And listen, if you haven't heard about the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's what changes everything. That's what changes everything in our life is the Holy Spirit. It's what, it's what brings you to church when you don't feel like going to church. Amen. I'm preaching somebody because that, that, that was me, guys. I, I don't want to go. I, don't, I just don't want to go. But the, something about the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, prompts you, motivates you, moves you, kicks you. Hi, Angela, right? I mean, it, it moves you. I'm sure there's days you didn't feel like coming. Yeah. My hands hurt. Whatever. I, you know, but, you know, but you're here. I mean, see, that's, that's what God does. God moves us and He motivates us because it, you come to a place where, you know what, I'm all in. The old life, the old things, I, I don't want to go back there. I don't, I, there's no reason to run back to what, to what was back there. You know, I preached a sermon a while back about, you know, you've got you to lay things down you've got to leave them behind. You can't just keep reaching back to pick things up and thinking things are going to get better. And I'm telling you, this stuff this is, this is as real as it gets. Because I'm telling you, that, that, that's how rich God's love is. But Peter, you know what he did? He denied Christ. And then he, has, then he gets to seek Christ. And then he goes to Jerusalem and he, he, he's waiting. He's waiting on what Jesus promised and it was the Holy Spirit. And when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, his life radically changed. I'm talking about a boldness. <laughs> he wasn't denying Christ anymore. Because, see, his life, his life was no longer his. He was no longer holding on to the things of the world or, you know, is this true or not true? He knew that his life was marked and touched for Jesus. And I'm telling you, I believe that's what God wants to do with each and every one of us. He wants to mark our life. He wants to change our life, you know, where, where it, it, it doesn't look normal. You know, who wants normal? I mean, really, who, what... Who wants to be normal anymore? I, I don't want to be normal. I don't, I don't want to look like my neighbor. I, I, I like my neighbors. I, I just, I don't want to be normal. I just, I, I want to be, be what God wants me to be. Amen. I want you to be what God wants you to be. If it's a doctor, praise God. If it's a school teacher, Abby, God, praise God. To own your own, praise God. I want people to be what God wants them to be. But to be the best, to be the best in that, to be the best in that. You know, one of the things even too, you know, God transforms us. You know, you move to a whole nother level. You, you I, I, think about this, understand, you can move to another level. And some of you need to hear that tonight, that, you know, that you don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to be in a place where it, it, it looks the same. And I'm, I want you to hear this from me because it, it, it starts and it begins with serving. Because, listen, when we, when we change our mind, we want to be great, we serve. We want to be, I mean, we want to be first in line. We, we, <laughs> there's a whole other place we can go to. 
But I'm telling you, when we begin to serve others, you know what happens is our eyes get fixed off of us and it gets fixed off of our problems and it gets fixed off of everything that's going on. And, you know, we say, oh, I, I can be in a place where I can help somebody now. That's, that's what happens. That's what happened to me. I quit looking at me and started looking at someone else. And, and, then, and then you know what God said? I can use you. <laughs> you know why? Because you're not arrogant anymore. You're not conceited anymore. You're not prideful anymore. You, you're starting to care about other people. See, that's what, that's what God does. I mean, I tell you, you can be a mess. But then God says, okay, I can, God, I'm not perfect. You know, I feel like God would, <laughs> no, son, you're not. No, daughter, you're just, you're not perfect. You're, you're working on perfection. You're working on being Christ-like. Every day you breathe, you're, you're working on it. Listen, I'm not, and hear what I'm going to say. It's not an excuse to keep sinning. But I'm working on being perfected. I'm not, you know, you can turn away from sin. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. God's helped me do that. Amen. You know, Acts chapter 9. But it, it, it's very interesting. There was a guy by the name, by the name of uh, Saul of Tarsus who actually got a name change in one chapter. It's an amazing story. But here was a guy that he was killing Christians. He was persecuting, beating Christians. Any, any, any of the ones that he come in contact with. And you know, he meets Jesus. He, he didn't meet Jesus in a physical sense like Peter knew Jesus. Like James, like John, like the disciples. Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus. Saul, why, you know, he, he, name changed already. Saul, why are you persecuting me? So what was Saul? What was his name changed in? Why are you persecuting me? And you know what he says? Lord, is that you? <laughs> Isn't it great when the Lord shows up and you know it's the Lord? And you're like, you're like, <laughs> you're hunkered down like this. And you're just like, I don't know. You know, but in this situation, he was blinded. He was blinded. And, you know, and, and, you know even, even to understand this and get this picture, his life gets impacted, right? You know, see, he, he, was a, he was a Pharisee. He knew the word of God. He was a religious person. You know what's interesting about the 12 disciples? Did Jesus choose any religious people? He went over to the commercial lot where people were fishing. Come follow me. Tax collector, doctor, lawyer. Was it, did, he, did he go to the, the, the school of prophets to pick someone out? You're a prophet. You, you should be one of my disciples. You're a Pharisee. You know the law. You're a Sadducee. You know all the customs and all the religious things. He didn't do that, did he? So, you know, and, and that's the thing about the, the calling of God. That's the thing about even going to another level in your own home, going to another level in your own place, is that, see, see God, God can call an FBI agent. I mean, I, I, I mean, you have to really get this reality that that's what God, God deals with each and every one of us. You know? That, that God, God, God's callings are irre irrevocable, too. So, you know, even when God calls, you know what he does? He answers. He answers. He begins to make a way. You know, but I want to say this, hear this tonight, because it's always up to you to be a part of that way. You, we can't wait on God to do it. 
You hear what I'm saying? We can't, make, we can't wait on God to make us a better leader. God, make me a better leader. Make me a better leader. Make me a better Lord, just make me a better leader. I just want, God doesn't work that way. God's saying, you know what? You've got to put some faith. You've got to have some action in that. God, help me be a... Because you can pray for God to make you a better leader. But the fact of the matter is, God's going to move you to a place where you have to act upon it. Amen? You know what? I read books. I was in books today. I was in John Maxwell's books. I'm not preaching anything what John Maxwell wrote about, but you know what I'm doing? I'm putting leadership into my heart. I'm putting it into my spirit. Finances, I, I listen to it. I read about it. I was reading stuff about stocks today. Why? Because I'm investing. I want to I know where to put my money. I want to know where to make money. Amen? I read about things that I want to grow in. Amen? I want to become a better leader. So that's the thing. You, 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 you do that. You grow in that. I want to be a better, I mean, even this two weeks ago, I want to be a better husband. I'm reading things on how to be a better husband. I read the word of God, but I also read something else that can, that can get inside of me that I can grab a hold of and say, I want to be better in this. I, 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 I'm working to improve. You know, understand, it's that aspect of being perfected. We're being perfected in God's image. You know, and, and understand this, and I want to close out tonight because, you know, in Acts chapter 9, you know, Paul's life, he get, it gets complete, you know, actually Saul who became Paul, he gets a new name. His life gets completely wrecked. But this is the key. His life, as it got wrecked, was completely different now. And you know what happened was they laid hands on him, they prayed for him, he got his eyesight back in the short of all this story. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and the Bible says from that point he left and he immediately went and preached Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand, there's a whole other level that we can go to. Because see, Paul, Paul realized something very, very, very quickly. I'm not, I'm not slave to people anymore. I'm slave to God alone. My life is His. My, my life belongs to God. You want to be first? I, I mean, th th this is the kicker. I mean, you, you really want to be first. Man, we got, we got to follow the steps of Jesus. We got to do the things Jesus did. We got to love when we hate. That's real. I mean, we got, we got to choose love when, we, when it's easier to hate. You know, I realized today, even as I was preparing this message, I was like, Lord, help me in this. Help me. Help me, Lord, in this. Help me in the things that I think, because sometimes I think, man, because I, I look at something sometimes, that's stupid. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that, Lord? <laughs> Why? I mean, sometimes things are just funny, too, but, but like, sometimes you're just like, why, why, why are they doing that? And I can find myself being critical. I got love like God. I got love like Jesus. Jesus brought truth. Understand, I'm not saying you don't bring, you always bring truth. The word of God is truth. So if you understand, you always bring that truth. But I'm telling you, the, the, the Lord, you know, he began to check me because I, but I, because I realized, you know, Lord, I'm willing to give up. I'm willing to give up this. I'm willing to give up that. Am I willing to give up at all? To be first. It's, you know, understand, it's not about being first here. See, that's the thing, one of the bigger mistakes we make. I'm doing this now so I can have, you know, God will bless you in this lifetime. There's no doubt about it. You know, Rand and I looked at each other day and it was like, we, we, we just laughed because it was like, could you imagine where our lives would have been if we didn't even just, we, if we did, you know, we, we were Christians. 
But I'm, go I'm going to be honest with you. We were pretty lukewarm kind of Christians. You can be kind of lukewarm. You can have one foot in the world, one foot out of the world. You can, you can know, well, you know, you, you buy into this, you buy into that. This is okay, this is okay. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. You, you can be a Christian like that. But I'm telling you, then, then there's a reality that you can be a Christian that's all in. That you know what, you, you're not, you don't got one foot in the world. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't have to question my salvation. I'm not questioning, I'm going to heaven. And you know, my job as a pastor is to take as many people as I can with me. That's something God's showing me even more now than ever. That, 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 that in my leading, we've got to take as many people to heaven as we can. But you know what, what I love about it is because I'm looking at people that want to serve. I'm looking at people that say, I, I, I want to be that too. It's like going to Fish Street last week. That's all about serving. We didn't stand up to preach some two-hour message. We shared the gospel for ten minutes. And people got saved, gave their hearts to Jesus. And then we just we ate and had a good time. We laughed and we talked. That's, that's how the kingdom works. And then, we, then you know what happens? Iron sharpens iron. We come around one another. We sharpen one another. We help one another. And see, you know, everybody in here, I mean, even everybody in here has been a help to me. You guys were a help to me last night. You ministered to my spirit. I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, see, that, that's how real, you see, I feel the Holy Spirit even as I said that. I, that's how real. And Jonathan, your smile, man, I'm just, I'm telling you, bro, it, it's like, I, I just, God wants to use you in a mighty way, and I believe that. Because, I mean, you, you got a real love in your heart that's genuine. It's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's real. It's a real love. And God's going to use you. I'm telling you, He is. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. I don't want to cry, but I, I tell you, I just I, I feel like I almost weep right now. Whew. Actually, take your Bibles. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. I want, I want, to, I want to close out with this. Because I, I, you know, I mentioned this guy named Paul. Because see, you know, even tonight you can be great. Understand, understand, please. You can be great. You got to have a heart willing to serve. Put yourself in the game. Be willing to serve. Serve in your homes. Serve in your job. Serve in your church. Uh, you hear what I'm saying? Serve in your church. You know, people, uh, this is not a one-pastor system. It's not, it's not what I want to do. It isn't the pastor runs the, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I don't know how pastors do it. Lead worship. Do all the editing on the videos. <laughs> I go to the bank. <laughs> we do a lot. But I don't know how some people do it. We need people to come in and serve. It's not a plea. People are serving, and I know that. But as God begins to speak to people, I'm telling you, we, 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 we move much quicker. And that's the key right now. See, we've got to move as quick as we can. We've got to move as quick as we can. Jesus can come back. You got, you got, we all understand, right? Jesus truly can come back at any time right now. It's not like we have a guarantee of another three years, five years, ten years. 
The, the eastern sky could split. When I was in Hawaii, I'd wake up and look across the horizon. There were nights that I would go out, start gazing, and think, if that sky splits, man, I've got a front row view. Because I'm in the, you know, we're in the Hawaiian hemisphere where it splits and sweeps around. Bodies go. I mean, praise God, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's good. <laughs> anyway, 1 Corinthians 9. I want to show you this because, see, this is, this is the thing. This is the essence about, uh, this is the very essence about what, what, what Jesus is talking about. You know what, you, you, you want to be first. You want, you, want to, you want to go to another level. I mean, you've got to be willing to give some stuff up. And this is what he says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. To bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who, <coughs> who follow the Jews, I'm sorry, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. He knew who he was. See, that's the thing. We've got to know who we are in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm not, I'm, you know, Paul wasn't, he wasn't in the law. He wasn't in, he was in Christ. But he knew, he knew where to be. He knew what to say. He knew what to speak. I mean, that's just good stuff. It says, even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who were under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the laws of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. He, he was being all things to all people. It didn't matter. You understand? It didn't race. Collar, height, you know, I'm not very tall. You know, it's short people, big people. It didn't, didn't matter. He, he, was, he was going after. It didn't, it didn't matter. And see, that's the thing about with God. Things don't matter. You know, things don't matter. People matter to God. And when we get that in our hearts, we get that in our minds. Man, things begin to shift. People matter to God. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Isn't that pretty smart? Find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share it in its blessings. Do you realize that a race everyone, want, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run. So run. So you run. You run to win. I'm, I'm telling you tonight, you've got to be willing to run. You've got to be willing to, when you wake up in the morning, you know what? Thank God. Don't look at your Facebook. Thank God. Don't, don't, don't go look at your TV. Don't go to the Xbox. Don't, don't, don't go for a, a slice of bread, toast, jelly, whatever, jam. Thank God. Thank God. You know, so, you know, there have been times I'd probably thank God that I'm still alive. There's mornings I woke up. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I'm still alive. I was dumb last night, you know. But, but I'm telling you, you, you will see change. When you begin to glorify God, you begin to thank God. Things will, I'm telling you, things will shift. Thank God. My kids, thank God. My kids, thank God. I'm, I'm, do it more. From, as, your, as your father to you guys, do it more. I, give, give thanks to God. I'm instructing my own children tonight. Give, we've got to give God thanks. Do you realize that in a race everyone runs? 
Listen, guys, we're running a race. We're, we're running. We're not running from God. We're running with him. Okay? Man, we, we, anybody know anybody running from God? I know some. I know some people running from God. Listen, we're not running from God. We're here tonight. Amen? Our feet are planted tonight. We're here. We're not running. We're going to go chase the ones running. Amen? Doesn't that sound like fun? And then we're going to bring them Sunday. Say, hey, Jesus has got something for you. See, it's, yeah, it's, it's not Pastor Brad has. Jesus has something for you. God wants to do something for you. So run to win. This is what Paul says. So run to win. All athletes are uh, disciplined in their training. They do it to win the prize that will fade away. I mean, this is such a powerful, powerful piece. It says, but we do it for the internal prize. You, you run this race for everything that's going to be up there for you in eternity. Quit running like you're going to get more stuff here on earth. Have, you know, have, you know, listen, you, you are blessed. Be blessed. Have cars, have houses, have pools, swimming pools. Make billions of dollars. But don't ever lose sight of what God is and who God is. You make, make as much money as you can to do as much to kick the devil in his head as you can. That, that's how I view money. See, God changed my heart around money. Do as much as I can to kick the devil in the head. Bless people. Do more, do more for the kingdom. See, that's the race. I'm, it's an internal prize. I'm running this race for, to, for the things that are in heaven stored up for me. Amen. It's not, it's not for things here. Man. I feel like just preaching tonight, guys. Let me finish this out. It says, I discipline, my, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, it's about the discipline. And see, this is the thing. It's about going, you know, being at a whole other place, being first. Be, you know, that you can, you can move. You know, see, you can be great in the kingdom of God. Serve. But listen, when you, when you begin to put yourself in a place of servitude with people, Everything, I'm telling you, you I, I promise you, everything will shift. Because, see, your eyes are no longer on you or others. They're on Christ. And that's when, that's when things really shift. And, I, and even to finish out what I was saying about Pastor Moran and I, we, we can't even imagine. You know, listen, it's not like we have a church of 5,000 people. You know, we're, you know, we've got some great, huge ministry we, we, we don't right now. This is going to grow. I mean, I've asked the Lord for a certain number. And I've asked the Lord for a certain number of churches. Believing that the Lord would raise up pastors and ministers out of this house that would go plant churches. I believe that. I believe that. Because West Virginia needs to hear the gospel. That God would raise men and women up to go. Men and women, couples together. Not all will be couples, but God would raise people up to go take the gospel to a lost and dying West Virginia. Because there are people that are going to go to hell if people don't carry this gospel to, to a holler or to Kingwood. I don't know why I said Kingwood. I always say Kingwood. But, and I've been saying Kingwood forever. But, but I'm telling you, that's, that's the thing. That God's got to speak to people. There's got to be a fire and a zeal that, you know, yeah, I need training. But see, see, Paul knew he needed training. 
That's why, it's why we come in and we learn about leadership. It's why, it's why we get this put in us. We learn about it. And then we say, I, I, I can go. I can be used of God. God can use me. See, don't disqualify yourself. And see, this is the key. If you guys don't have this underlined your, your, your word, please underline it because it's a really powerful scripture. I discipline my body like an athlete. I, I, I train myself. You guys tonight being in the house of God, you know what you're doing? You're training yourself. You know, the word comes out. You know what? It, you know, it hits you here in your spirit. You know, it's like I said, you know, I, I leave with a word sometimes, just a word. And it changes. It's something in me changes. It's just a word. Could be a word. Could be something I need to do, something I need to fix. See, that's how God, that's how God moves.